0: The Articulate Coven is the original, unofficial podcast and fan community for Anne Rice's Interview with the Vampire and Anne Rice's Immortal Universe from AMC and AMC Plus. Welcome to the Articulate Coven. We're your hosts. I'm Joel. I'm Ashley. And we are the Articulate Coven. Uh, we are the unofficial podcast and fan community for the Immortal Universe from AMC and Anne Rice. Anne Rice's novels, Interview with the Vampire and the Mayfair Witches uh, series, have now been adapted into television series on AMC, and we've been covering them all, folks. Uh, the books as well. Oh boy, we have they been
1: too.
0: adapted! Oh yeah, <laughs> that's that's a word for it, isn't it? We're going to talk all about They're it just tonight. Been specifically, adapted. we're going to talk about the final. we're gonna talk about the final episode of season one this is episode eight what rough beast uh from the mayfair which is uh amc's second adaptation in the anne rice universe um first of all before we get into spoilers and everything ashley what were your overall thoughts for this one uh we people have heard us probably talk about the season as a whole how did this one land for you
1: well okay to me i had this realization while i was watching it which was that oh the only thing that they cared about from the book was, was Lasher becoming a person was Lasher, you know, uh, coming into his corporeal form. Like that's clearly the only thing for the book that was the end game for them. And they fucking pursued it and they did weird shit to get there, but they did get there, I guess, in a different way than we all expected.
0: Well, you and I, you and I said, uh, when we were d- when we were discussing the novel, uh, The Witching Hour, that we were both fairly convinced this first season was going to end with the birth of Lasher. We kind of wondered how they were going to get that much into this first season. Maybe they'd stretch out the history stuff into later seasons or or whatever. And sure enough, that's the case. They they just lopped off that entire portion of the book. Basically, the the family history is is all gone except for Suzanne, and uh, and they were able to land it after the birth of Lasher here. Um, yeah, it is interesting to me because we talked we talked a lot this season about how much of Lasher's actual story were they going to bring into this series. We've never heard the word Taltos yet, for instance. Is that actually going to happen? Is he going to be of the same species that he is in the novels? Uh, or what is his story going to be like? There were a couple of hints to that stuff in this episode we're going to get to a little later. But um, yeah, I I think now they almost have to have in mind some of that stuff that comes in book two and three of this series because that, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine where else they're going uh, with the yeah, no, the it, birth of this magical baby.
1: It truly felt to me like this entire season has been a setup for, for the second two books. Like if maybe that could, I mean, <laughs> who the fuck knows, but, but that's sort of, that's how it felt as I was watching this. Um, it felt like, okay, well, they didn't really care about the source material. And part of that may be, you know, due to the fact that we know we have these upcoming other series coming. We, we know we have these other series coming, one of which could be the uh, the history of the Mayfair witches. So maybe they just knew to start with, they weren't going to be able to touch on much of that material. So they tossed it out. And this is how we ended up with what we got. <laughs>
0: It's so it's such an interesting choice to me, too, though, you know, we talked about how narratively speaking, it would make more sense for the the vampire series to start with the vampire Lestat, the second novel, which is not as well known, obviously, as the first one, since that one had already been adapted into a movie, but start with Lestat's story, then you could backfill to Louis, because Lestat is the main character of the novels, you know, ongoing. And yet, right. we both sort of understood why you would do Interview with a Vampire first because that's the best-known work from Anne Rice. You know, the Interview with the Vampire novel is by far the highest-selling novel in the entire rest of her oeuvre. Same thing with The Witches, I would say. The Witching Hour is by far the best-selling and most well-known novel in the Mayfair trilogy. And yet, it oh, yeah, seems like sure. the story they're they're really getting to tell is Lasher and Taltos, and they, they've saved you know, the best parts of the witching hour for a theoretical series in the future. I really don't understand that. I feel like they did it the exact opposite of how they ran with, with the vampire adaptation.
1: Yeah, I know. I totally agree. It's so weird and strange, but it was like this light bulb went off in my head this this episode where I was like, oh shit, is that what just went down? And it just seems like, I don't know, I I worry. I just don't want them to spread themselves too thin with too many... Too many shows, like uh, uh, it makes me nervous that that it's gonna get it's gonna get messy, it's gonna get uh, uh, lazy or or feel unfinished or feel half done. I don't know because this whole first season of the show has been such a weird trip, and 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 so disjointed and strange and 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 kind of stuttering steps forward and back and it's just it seems like such a waste of of eight hours of storytelling you get to do when you also haven't made these characters impactful or interesting to us hardly at all you know
0: a million percent agree with you there and and I don't yeah i just i I don't understand it it seems very strange to have made this choice uh, a lot of our facebook group has started talking about some of the interviews with um uh mark uh is it johnson the the overall executive producer um for the immortal universe he's in charge of everything and and one of the things that he's talked about repeatedly is the depth of um you know interesting stories to tell in the mayfair history and how he thinks there's a whole show there i agree with him why not do that one first though (laughs) like why not you've got a period piece you've got a period piece with interview why not marry it with another period piece while you put your pieces into place for a modern day story i had even sort of forgotten uh ashley and and some of our our listeners brought it up in the facebook group and in the discord community which by the way there are links in our show notes if you're on facebook check out our facebook group and join us if you're in if you're not a facebook user the discord community is there as well either one they're great the facebook group just rolled over 500 members by the way ashley yay look at that yes Um, but anyway come join us for this conversation but several people have brought up the fact that um you know the, well, now I've lost my train of thought. What were we even talking about? We were talking about Johnson telling the story about the, the, the period piece. Yeah. Yeah. You, you had interview as a period piece. Why not marry that with a period Mayfair story? You know, Julian as the right. Cortland character, sort of behind the scenes, manipulating things, a young Mary Beth as your protagonist instead of Deidre or Rowan. And then when you get to the modern day you can marry your storylines more directly because you've laid all the foundation there you know the two shows and showrunner groups will know what the other one is doing a little bit more we've got this whole plot line in interview with the vampire where they're talking about the pandemic none of that is mentioned at all in the main right. show when is the show set exactly in relation right, to exactly. the modern day storyline of interview?
1: Exactly. And it's hard to tell too, within that I was, try- I, I thought about that last week and then I was like, well, did I miss something on the tomb? Um, had they already put on, had they already put the dates for, uh, for Deirdre on the tomb and I just missed it and wasn't paying attention. But I really started to think about that. And I was like, is this set more in the, like a little bit back a little bit more in the nineties because some of the costuming on Tessa and Rowan at times kind of feels that way you know we're looking at low like uh, a low-rise a low-rise low kind of almost like cargo pants sort of look on on what Rowan had on for most of this episode and last and and it did make me wonder, like, are we in a different time period than I think we're in? Are we not now? And, um, and that was something that was totally brought up in the group that there's no like reference at all to the pandemic in this world, period, we've not seen any sort of indication. And while I jokingly said, well, you know, the South kind of like to ignore the pandemic. We know, we all we both know, living down here that that was, you know, not 100% the case. And you would definitely see signs of masking and 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 places closed businesses closed that sort of thing.
0: Well, and New Orleans especially actually New Orleans took it right. quite seriously Huge in shutdown. fact and, and they yeah, yeah they, they locked down a lot of things and and even like you know stripped back mardi gras matter of fact even this year the mardi gras routes are are shorter than they have been in the past than they are traditionally and they don't go everywhere they used to go because of COVID protocol still so and right. and they're also facing a police shortage i think it's part of their current problem anyway interesting interesting things that one will hope will get revealed in i don't know maybe that post show that we're supposed to get tonight which by the way as we record this the actual episode has still not aired amc is still promoting no. this as a 2 hour event that's got to include what the fuck some sort are of we post doing? show <laughs> yeah it's so it's so bizarre <laughs> to you. me that they haven't made this clear um, you know, with with Interview, they very specifically listed it as a separate show. As a matter of fact, we wondered if it w- might not be an ongoing show. It was just a one-time event, or at least so far it has been, but they put out Obsessed with the Vampire after the season finale aired, and I'm assuming right. that's what we're going to get with this as well. We'll get, we we'll get one, you know, roughly an hour long special where we have a bunch of famous people, maybe a few of the actors from the show, uh, maybe Spalding or, or um, you know, somebody else from the, the writer's room or something, and and you know some guest celebrity to host the thing just like we got with the vampire show I don't understand why they're advertising it as a two-hour finale they didn't do that with interview it seems very very like misleading bumbling yeah well it definitely seems misleading but it seems bumbling in a way because this is like your grandmother or you know my aunt or whatever watching the show at home on cable is is going to be confused by that, and they're probably not going to have a community like ours to explain, oh, what they meant was X and Y and Z, you know, don't right. worry, go watch the after show. I just, I don't know, this whole process, you know, from Spalding's episode insiders, the the behind the scenes stuff that we've heard, this this finale event, all of it just seems like a, a bumbling mistake, they've, they've just... I don't know, they have dropped the ball here in a big way that I hope—I sincerely hope they can recover from. Um, one of the things that we have tried to do in the last few episodes is give you more of an actual synopsis of the episode in case yes. you have dropped off watching. And so <laughs> let's jump into that, Ashley. Let's start this yes, episode. Absolutely. Um, we open up in the swamp. Rowan is chasing our boy Keith through the woods after he's killed Tessa, which by the way, we mentioned this sort of briefly last week. They killed Tessa at the end of last episode but it's not clear in the episode that she's actually dead, right? Nobody, no one says it out loud. We don't see her take like a dramatic final breath or anything. And then they just mentioned it in the official podcast last week. And here the episode starts with no reference to that whatsoever. About 15 minutes in, Rowan says it to Lasher finally. But but she is. Tessa is dead in fact. So our dead, our, our mono replacement is no more. Why you would do motor. that? Why you would bring in a, a a fake Mona and then kill her off as well? I I don't know. I'm sure they have a plan, right? Right? Of course they do. Sure they do.
1: No, we're not sure they have a plan. We're sure they've got a a, a loose map. Maybe I don't know.
0: Hill. <laughs> so so lasher lasher begs rowan to stop that she's bleeding out and and she finally lets her magic demon boy go and kill the witch hunter but but that kind of blew my mind Ashley like at the end of last episode she calls down the power of lasher you know she says the magic words and and screams in vengeance and and that's what spalding told us oh she's she's calling lasher in vengeance and then she just lets him stand there and she runs out into the woods to kill the guy with her bare hands like what is the Like, why does she even need to be in the woods at all? Why would she have ever left the warehouse?
1: Right, just send the fucking demon after the guy you want to kill. That seems pretty straightforward to me.
0: Mm, She finally does. So Lasher runs off. They do the eyeball thing where she can see through his eyes, uh, which we saw Deidre do earlier in the season. And, um, And so then Lasher burns down the little hut that Keith is hiding in, which again... Not a power that Lasher has in the books, but okie dokie. He could, he's a fire sure, demon. you sure. get it. Okay. Cool. Sure. Cool. Cool. He <laughs> can throw then those we get fire our balls uh, credits like Mario. after a satisfied villain smile. Right. It's says, Shara, you can. <laughs> um,. Yeah, we get a we get a great villain smile from both Rowan and Lasher there, and then we hit the credits. Um, Albrecht and Sip are up next. Albrecht, uh, the the leader of the Talamasca in New Orleans, we assume here. Um, turns out he's a character from the Heroes universe, and he can erase memories. Been in black style, so that's cool. Oh yeah,
1: that was wild. Yeah, and we learn that he's been the one that's been erasing that was the one that did the erasing in the in the hotel uh elevator and obviously he has erased memories from from sip before he feels like after having this experience with him
0: you know we talked about this in the first episode whether this the or or, yeah the first episode whether this murder mystery was going to be like something that hung over the whole season and they didn't really do that and yet here they bring it back like it's a big revelation that he was involved in it i again it's just all right sort of bumbling um, he's about to wipe Sip's mind though and Sip tells him that Lasher is his baby but my question to you That's Ashley is baby. Why? why would this matter to anyone? So like how could Sip do a better job at protecting the baby or getting the baby away from Rowan or whatever? Like, what use is Sip in this moment to Albrecht and the Talamasca? Why does he go? Oh, yes, I'll let you go alone and do—I mean, not alone. He sends the guard with him. But like, why is Albrecht into what Sip's offering here at all?
1: Yeah, it doesn't make any damn sense. It doesn't make any sense at all that he's just like, oh, like, and also, it's like it's a revelation that that Sip's that Sip knocked Rowan up like like oh that's your baby. Oh, like that makes a fucking difference somehow cuz it doesn't matter. Like they've not made they've not made sip matter enough for the fact that this is his baby to matter at all.
0: So in in the book this does matter. The parentage of of Lasher does matter quite a lot. It's the whole reason why the Mayfairs were chosen, right? The reason why Lasher finds Suzanne so interesting, and I don't think he even knows it in the novel at first, because he doesn't, he as an entity doesn't exist in a consolidated enough state to really understand. But the reason why he's drawn to Suzanne is her genetics. She has a double chromosome, and so do her descendants. This is the reason why the Mayfair family is so straight. It is in incestuous from the top to the bottom and the reason is because they are trying to strengthen these genetic characteristics that lasher believes will allow him to come through this isn't a prophecy this isn't a ritual it's science yeah this this, this is the thing that occurred to me finally in this episode the, the fundamental difference between what i want out of the mayfairs and what this show offers the mayfair series and the novels is really more science fiction and like a family crime drama with sci-fi elements than it is fantasy this show is about witch hunters and ritual the novels are about family and familiars right like the familiar spirit is not there are no rituals for the Mayfairs to bring lasher to them or to bind them to them or anything it's he's bound by love he loves what the Mayfairs have to offer him they can understand him and interact with him in a way that no one else can he sees a future through them back into the flesh and it's because of their genetics so yes it does matter that cyprian's the father at least it would if anybody had ever given us any of that part of the story but here right. it's just like oh okay yeah baby daddy go get the baby but like again the telemasker wouldn't need him
1: right and it specifically does matter in the book because michael has ties to the mayfair family genetically as well yeah he's julian's so great grandson so it's just like it's like this it's ugh, such fuckery that they left all of this out and behind because it just doesn't matter. Sip doesn't matter. And that's been the whole fucking bungle of this replacement character for Aaron and Michael because those characters did fucking matter and Sip just doesn't matter.
0: It's a real shame too because the actor is doing his level best. It's, it's clear oh, yeah. that that is a talented actor and he's doing some good work from time to time but the motivations that are on the script are either non-existent or or gibberish. So like he's just left to flounder there. Um, Meanwhile, we cut back to Rowan. Rowan is good and truly bleeding out at this point. uh, And we get actually a really cool... And see, here's an example of like, there are moments of real... Really solid uh, artistic work in this show, and here's a great example. Rowan's laying there on the floor, and we get a little circle of life flash. She sees all the things around her in the forest that are happening there's a a slug you know uh, dissecting a, a the log there's a, a insect eating another insect there's you know all of these little things happening around yeah. her and I thought that was kind of cool what are what are the creators trying to say there Mm, that's vague and it's sort of left up to us to figure it out because they don't nail any of these things they show us some beautiful scenery from time to time they give us a moment that could be poignant and then they don't really land at home um this does follow though my favorite moment from the episode i would say which is um rowan gets pulled into the memory hole with lasher now and she's crawling around in what i call the root cellar i don't know what this is supposed to be I, no, some strange not- tunnel <laughs> this is not from the books in any way that i'm familiar she's an with the upside please upside down. Me. i don't know yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what is going on here but there's carving there's writing some sort of runic language on the yes. walls of this tunnel and and rowan asks about it lasher calls it out as his language okay I mentioned earlier that we get a little hint that maybe they're going to do the Taltos thing. I feel like this is about as close as we get to it. His language, some other language than, you know, human or at least some ancient language. I I don't know. I said in the book episode, the Taltos are Anne's take on the fae or fairies or, or elves. You know, they are a magical pre-human history people um, right. that are based in the British Isles even, right? So like... I'm hoping that they stick with that there's some really cool stuff there and i don't think we have anything quite like the taltos in other modern fantasy storytelling and and so i'm i'm hoping that they land that i was i was hanging on all of this thinking okay well maybe they're going somewhere and again if if we buy into what you said earlier which is like they really seem to like the the taltos story the lasher story better than the mayfair story well, maybe that's what they're doing here. Okay, I'll take it where I can get it. Let's let's go with more of that. We don't get any explanation of it or anything. It doesn't get developed here, but at least there's a little hint to it. Yay for small victories, I'll right. say.
1: Exactly. Exactly. We'll take what we can get when we can get it. But I, I this was like the first this episode was the first time that I had sort of any kind of inkling of direction. And it's weird that it was the last episode and And it's weird the way it felt because it did feel 100% to me like, oh, well, they just discarded this whole book for the last like 50 pages, but also they're going to tell a story that's not at all in those last 50 pages, but kind of. Yeah, yeah. This whole thing with, oh, I'm jumping ahead. Uh, Don't let me jump ahead. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay. I well it, now the show remembers suddenly that uh, Sip has a sister, which is convenient, I would say. Um I mean she hadn't been in I had forgotten honestly that she was in this show. She hadn't been in it for a couple We've of not episodes. have seen her in a minute. Yeah, she hasn't she hasn't mattered. All of a sudden she's in the apartment looking around for some uh, information on where Sip might be. Uh, and what I didn't realize at first, but but sure enough, she's had the baby. That's what she's so distraught yes. by. She gave birth to her surrogacy pregnancy, and SIP wasn't around for it. But Ashley, like, why why have that whole storyline? Like, why bring her in right. at all? to right. be the surrogate and then we we get a hint uh, albrecht says after he wipes her mind albrecht comes in and wipes her mind and and he's gonna wipe the um the indian healer's mind as well right but then he thinks better of it he's like oh is she lactating oh she is excellent i bet she'll want to help out her brother bring her with us
1: what a gross but they don't
0: do that i mean yes first of all the very idea that you're literally going to have a woman of color that is yeah Made to be a nursemaid for a white (laughs) baby. Like, very, very cool. Very cool, Spalding. Excellent work. Excellent work. All good stuff. But also, she doesn't do it. She just makes us think that that's what's going to happen. So, again, I ask, what was this character even for? Odette doesn't end up with Lasher. The Telemasca doesn't get Lasher. Odette's not gonna wet nurse Lasher either because if they're gonna do anything like they do in the books, Lasher's not gonna be a baby for more than a day or two. So
1: like for a minute, y'all. <laughs> what are we doing? I don't understand. are gonna any be other... having champagne and caviar by by three p.m. tomorrow.
0: <laughs> Hot cut though to Cortland's house. Jojo's on the back steps, hitting her vape. I love this.
1: <laughs> I love Jojo. I lo- this is my favorite fucking thing that has nothing to do with a book. Is the character of Jojo? I she's like so
0: Jojo. misused in the show too. Yeah, they totally. Just, she's what got no no agency here.
1: Right, but I love that they've given her, at least given her some conflict to deal with, which is that, you know, she has clearly been in in business with her dad, she has used her visions to help her father um, make his way through the world and be as successful and creepy as he wants to be, and... And now she feels like she's been like short He's not been honest with her. He's not being honest with her. And now she's having this like fucking kind of moment where she doesn't know if what she's done has been the right thing. And I loved all that. It was great. It was so good. Why couldn't we have had that more of that throughout the entire season? Relationships between characters that have consequences and matter. What would that be like?
0: Oh, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. Um, I, I will say that where we leave that character, Jojo and Cortland's relationship specifically at the end of this episode, does offer some interesting things maybe moving forward with how she's going to interact with the family. And I, p- potentially she sort of implies she might try to take the family over, actually, yeah. um, later in the episode. Yeah. So So that's worthwhile. The point of this scene, though... Sip shows up to the house looking for Cortland. Uh, Jojo runs off to get him, so Sip's left alone to feel his way around Cortland's office and get some flashbacks.
1: Yes!
0: I was sort of fine with it in general. We get like three or four little hints. We get Cortland smoking his pipe, which I thought surely they were gonna show us Julian. No, it's just Cortland. Okay, fine. But then we see a a few other Mayfair's through history, and then finally Sip reaches out and grabs a pair of pruning shears. And he sees a flash of Suzanne using these pruning shears to catch her herbs, uh, to collect her herbs back in the, whatever, the 1400s in Scotland. (laughs) Ashley, let's assume for a moment that Suzanne, 500 years ago, was in fact using something that we would recognize as modern scissors and that those same pair of scissors survived into the modern day. Why in the fuck would Cortland be carrying them on his desk like he's using them to open letters?
1: No, it's that's how it cuts out as snowflakes. <laughs> yeah, it makes exact. no sense. I'm it like, makes no, no sense. No, no. Like and it's just, it else, was so everything else made perfect sense. Everything else belonged there. Everything else for the most part. I was like, Okay, I get this, I get this. We see the mask, we know exactly what the reveal we're about to get. Um also uh so sorry to the people who hadn't read the books and didn't know that Courtland was a fucking incestuous creep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, right. I mean, they hinted at that pretty heavily in the first episode, but it was right. hung out there as like a maybe. We talked about it after that. The, but you, clearly to me, Ashley, they had to put the pruning shears on the desk because we had to get a flashback of Suzanne because otherwise it's not clear that Cyprian is seeing the Mayfair family history. We haven't met any of these other women, right? They, like, oh, that's they show very us. true. I guess it's it's probably Marie Claudette that we see, the French woman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's I'm, I guess that's whom they're supposed to be getting at there, but we don't know that that's a Mayfair ancestor because we haven't seen any of them except for Suzanne. This is the shortcoming of this show. You wouldn't, you don't have to give us, you don't have to give us full stories or full histories of all of these people. If you wanted to save Julian especially, and and the twenties and thirties period for an, a show of its own. If you wanted to save the the plantation in in Haiti for a show of its own, cool, great, those are good ideas. But you what? have to show somewhere in this show that there is a lineage between Suzanne and Rowan, and they never did it. They mentioned these women's names a few times. There's the one scene where Jojo walks through the hall and there's some paintings, but like, ah, oh, it's just so shittily put together, and they had yeah. the bones of a really good piece of television here. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. All right, so Suzanne has left... <laughs> Uh, Suzanne has left runes all over her cabin. We're back with Lasher and Rowan here in the memory hole and Lasher brings her to Suzanne's cabin. Here's my question for you, Ashley. If you were trying to hide from witch hunters, would you carve a secret uh, language all over your cabin into the um, uh, railings and posts?
1: <laughs> I assume that it's all metaphorical, Joel. I uh... Well,
0: Spalding tells us later, this is all in Rowan's mind. So you're probably right. You're probably right. But I just, like, it's so, like that idea that it would all be on the, like, why not have a book? Why not have a book? If, you're, if this whole thing is about ritual, right? Why not have a witch book? Why not have a, witch book? Not have a witchcraft book? a spell book but no it's written on the posts okay cool so Rowan reads it this magical lasher writing and now she can heal herself
1: the cool thing about a book would have been you know it could have been passed from you know mother to daughter not unlike I don't know a necklace (laughs) oh oh wait a minute all part of it
0: you, these women could have taught some taught each other something. They wouldn't have right? had to call in a man to 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 so help them find that. each other. <laughs>
1: what? 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 No us uh,
0: so this this healing thing so rowan sort of has this in the books she it's very similar to the the killing power that she has she can in fact sort of like pierce into the body in a psychic way and the one time that we really see we don't see her heal herself in this way at all what we do see is that she stitches lasher together after he's born that's the way we see this in the books and so it's i i i'm gonna give it to him that they bring it in here but it again is sort of out of left field and also it feels like game breaking if if rowan is now so powerful that she's wolverine like what are the stakes for us moving forward what are the stakes for her personally Uh, in the novel the battle between her and lasher for control of her own body and her life and this family moving forward etc etc like that's a little bit of a struggle in this next book and here i wonder how they're going to get there okay whatever we'll roll with it (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's, you know, it It does, it, it. she's, what's the danger if she's, if she can heal herself completely in that way? You know, like, how is she ever in peril? How is there ever high stakes? You know, like, what, at what point, at what point is she truly ever, from this point on, going to be in danger? Well, and
0: also they... They they keep the incest plotline, right? We have the reveal right after this uh, for Jojo and Sip that Cortland is, is Deidre's, uh, or sc- excuse me, Cortland is Rowan's father. And yet that doesn't mean anything in the TV series to us. Like the re- there's a reason Cortland raped Deidre to have a baby in the books. It, I mean, it, yes, also he's creepy, but he wasn't just doing it for funsies. He was bringing about... Lasher and they say that, but they don't tell us why Lasher couldn't have been someone else's. Like, why could Rowan not have been the child of anybody? Well, the reason is because we need all of those genetics, but they never say that in a show. Why not just like literally a line or two? I think everybody always makes fun of Star Wars, the Rise of the Skywalker, because you know, there's the terrible line from Oscar, uh, what's his face, where he's like, Oscar Isaac says, somehow Palpatine returned. That's terrible writing. But at least it is a reference to the thing that happened. Like At least we know what
1: fucking happened. That's what I'm saying. At least, yeah, I mean, it, it might be real on the nose, but also you guys have fucking spent a whole season telling me shit instead of showing me shit. So at the very least, you could clue me in. And now I'm kind of annoyed because I realize how much grace I've given the whole thing because I know... These details because I've read the book, but for people that haven't read the book, I wonder how many people are just like I have no fucking clue what's happening, and now there's incest.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so uh, now that Rowan is all healed up, though, of course, Ashley she is uh, horny as well. Oh, we're ready to fuck. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. We're ready sense. to fuck.
1: Um, healed, so she
0: jumps Lasher's I'm bones horny. there.
1: Let's do this.
0: I don't here's another our, our group has absolutely talked about this there's just nowhere near the chemistry here that there was an interview with a vampire um, you know no. there's there's only really <laughs> there's only really one sex scene in interview of any like detail anyway there's a couple of like loving moments but there's really only the one outright sex scene between our boys in the opening episode and yet the glancing looks and the smoldering like sideways glances yes! all have sex appeal there and here lasher and rowan are on each other like i mean there's a you know borderline even nudity in this uh episode and it's just not it's just nothing it's just dry and spalding does her best in the episode insider to be like this magnetic sex scene and i'm like what are you watching <laughs> lady
1: I'm like god i bet her, her pornhub choices are real bland
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um So JoJo does get the family secret from Rowan's uh, parentage uh, from Sip there when we cut back to the two of them. And and Jojo then blows up appropriately, doesn't believe it at first, denial, et cetera, et cetera. But then when she finally realizes, oh my god, my my father is a monster. And and it's not like she doesn't know. She knows her daddy is dirty. She's looked the other way. As you said earlier about the show, she's given him grace, right? Well, right, on right. the whole, he's working hard for the family. Sometimes a great man has to do terrible things, et cetera, et cetera. But now she knows the depths of it and she's turned her she's turned a page. She's like, no, fuck him fuck this let's do something about it there's a great line here uh let me pull it up because i want to say it just right okay uh it's well it's actually a little bit later uh, dolly dolly jean comes in at the bottom of the stairs as they're on their way out rowan uh, excuse me jojo and uh sip are on their way out of the house and um dolly jean and jojo are speaking and jojo says uh we can't let this be the story of our family, and personally, I'm going to believe that this was that actress improving from her own love of this book, okay
1: Jesus Christ, this can't be it <laughs>
0: um. So we get to see our creepy Mayfair doll again. This is very much something from the novels. We talked about this earlier yes. in the season. Um, but it's it's not quite the magical talisman that it is here. So that's what Sip was after. He's there. He's going to touch the doll and go back in time and hear the prophecy for himself. So we get a flash to a French Mayfair witch out in a field calling on her mothers. And again, I'm, I'm guessing this is Marie Claudette. But boy, that accent is a mess. You cast this woman for one 30-second scene, you couldn't find a French-speaking actress in all of Louisiana? Like, come on, yeah, guys.
1: No. I guarantee you <laughs> there is one or two. I promise you. I promise. Yeah, no. It, um, yeah, it is... We finally get the things we kind of want, and then they're just, like, messy and shoddy.
0: I mean, look, if, we, if you were going to have really bad accented uh, American English for all of the, the past Mayfairs, I'm glad you didn't do it. Let's be, let's be honest. Um, Dolly Jean says, Lashner's ripening is counted in hours, not months. And so this is also true from the books, except Ashley, Rowan and Sip had sex days ago at this point, at the very least, maybe weeks ago, right? right? Like she, they, they have sex in the house. Rowan kills Carlotta, and in the next episode, that is some significant time in the past because we don't see a funeral. We don't hear any investigation. Like, Tessa mentions it in passing that Carlotta was dead. That's it. So again,
1: why even bring that up? I kind of think what happens is that once she fucks Lasher in the the upside down... (laughs) that's what kicks off the rapid growth so
0: and like, that's, that's kind what of and how
1: i took it which is that is absolutely
0: yes yes no a million percent that's what spalding says at the end of the episode that that there was she was already pregnant and we know this but something happens when she's with lasher and i'm like then fucking tell us what tell us what why don't you have lasher say oh i've incarnated I'm like,
1: now i'm gonna, <laughs> you gonna fuck don't you know. and, this, and your baby's gonna grow <laughs> what it's because it's because there's no good way to say that, Joel. There's no good way to say that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you're you're right. My my time dilation there is is based on them having actual sex. When clearly it's the magical sex with Lasher that, the magic that causes sex, the Joel. the ripening of this baby. Ugh.
1: Ugh. Oh, indeed. Ugh. Oh, indeed.
0: So she wakes up. After the sex with Lasher, and she gets to go on a little Mayfair memory uh, jaunt, which is a lot of fun. Um, And again, (laughs) I'm like, this would have been more impactful, right? But it would (laughs) have been more impactful if we had spent even one episode with those other women, right? Like, let us see Antha. Let us see Marie Claudette. Let us see any of these powerful women throughout history. But no, no, we haven't done that.
1: You're just saying names that literally if you haven't read the books, you don't know who any of those fucking people are. You're just saying fucking names.
0: Uh, so she finally gets to Deidre in her memory montage and realizes that Lasher is oh, the and baby. Oh, also,
1: I'm so sorry. How dumb is no. she? Number one, that she hasn't figured this out yet. Number two, she's like the witching hour. What does that mean? You dumb twat. Are you kidding me with this?
0: He said something about the hour.
1: <laughs> he said something about the hour. <sighs> it made me so angry.
0: So just just in time for Rowan to have this realization, we get uh, Cortland has arrived with her body at the mausoleum. He lays her out on the the slab and then he s- slinks off into the corner like a creepy voyeur to watch her give birth. It is so, <laughs> so fucking young. weird. So, I mean, Harry yeah. Hamlin has been nasty this entire show, but he's very disgusting in these little scenes when you see yeah. him from the corner. It's so bad.
1: He's a um, creep. Such a creep. So
0: so uh, uh, Suzanne shows up. Ah, uh, to get her storyline's conclusion for this se- season, which is being a midwife for Lasher's birth. Like, again, ok, so you yeah. compacted all of the Mayfair women into Suzanne in the books, Suzanne is referred to as the dumb one, like by Lasher what? and the rest of the family, honestly. like she was <laughs> oh, she was God, barely a witch. Stupid. Yeah, She was barely a midwife. She didn't know what she was doing, calling Lasher down. It was just sort of accident. It's Deborah that begins to learn and understand what Lasher is and what her own power is. And it's Deborah, really, that is the founder of the family. I mean, she's the first one to use the name Mayfair, I believe, even. So, like, all of this is just like, okay, whatever. But fine, let's, let's compact it all into Suzanne. Let's make her more important. That could have also been a good story. But you don't give Suzanne any finality we saw the the conclusion of her story where she comes out of the cage because lasher has saved her and then then the only thing we've seen of her is two projections of her in other people's minds right this is this is not the way that you write powerful effective female characters or characters of any gender honestly like this is these are weak people all of them all of them we've complained about rowan
1: Yes, it's the so passive. It's so fucking passive. It's just passive. Everything's happening to people instead of uh instead of them being a part of what's happening. It's just it's it is really it's to me it's really late painfully lazy writing. Okay. And just really I, I, bad I, storytelling.
0: Yes, yes. Okay. And here's another example. I'm and, and I'm again I'm searching. I'm hoping because there's so many these people do not come with zero pedigree. They, they, they don't come with zero no. background like all of these creatives have had success in the past I'm wondering surely surely someone knows something that I don't understand about what they're doing here, and I'm just too dumb to get it here I want to ask again. We asked earlier Why would uh, Albrecht and the Talamasca want sip to have anything to do with this exchange? Why would they trust him at all? Why would they need him at all here? I'm asking What is Sip's goal here? Why does Sip want the Talamasca to have this magical baby? He, now I get why he would not want Rowan to have it, maybe, right? He wants to separate Rowan from Lasher because he feels like Rowan is under his control. That makes sense. But why he would continue to be involved in the plot to hand this, what he believes to be, or says to be, the most powerful supernatural being ever, why would you hand that over to an agency that the only the only thing you know for sure is my boss is corrupt and has been dirty from the start and has yeah. lied to me and and abused people I care about and has literally wiped minds, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? There's no reason for SIP to believe that this is not organization wide at this point, too, right? Like everybody is in right. her, in the Talimaska, as far as he knows. So what the fuck is he doing? I understand why you would tell Albrecht, "Oh yes, sir, I'm on your side," because I got to get away from you without you wiping my mind, right? But when he's but going he chooses... to, lash, to Rowan, yes, like to what are you
1: doing? What are you doing? Like what is this? And also, like also, if this character is supposed to be an amalgama- am- amalgamation of these two other characters, it's totally out of character for those fucking characters.
0: Yes yes this doesn't make any sense for michael like michael's whole thing is that he's sold out on rowan it, even yeah. even when he's reading the the history of the mayfair uh, witches and in the novels he keeps telling aaron i'm going to tell rowan these things i have to get back to her rowan yeah. is his like, priority that's always thing
1: is, yes his, his whole thing is i i i'm gonna learn about this i'm gonna but i'm gonna share it with her there's nothing i'm gonna keep secret from her and, yet, and and we just don't
0: we, we don't get any of that we don't we, we've got this character and this is again another example of like we, uh, there were there are arguments to be made for combining those two characters there are arguments to be made for race changing one of those characters so that we get another person of color in the main cast all of that makes for sense sure. but none of it was done well and none of it was used to good effect it was wasted it was a wasted opportunity there and it pisses me off also and we missed this Suzanne's pruning shears are back, Ashley. That's what she uses to cut the umbilical cord,
1: yay! <laughs> oh my God, it was Chekhov's pruning shears.
0: <laughs> I had to back this up three times to verify for myself that they actually fucking did it. I'm like, nope, that's the pruning shears, all right. Like, did Cortland bring those from his office? No, cause Sip had them in his office. Cortland didn't bring... Oh, God damn it. Anyway, okay, fine. (laughs) Fine, fine, fine. They're
1: magic. They're magic shears. Just roll with it.
0: So we talked when we covered the novel about the body horror that especially this birthing scene could give us and offer us. They don't do a lot of that. What they do is one (laughs) single scene of the baby face morphing. Like I guess it's like muscles and bones sliding around. Yeah, like what is that? I mean, I guess
1: it's... (gasps) <laughs> that's kind of how it felt to me. Like that felt like it was like an aspic. Like a bad, it's about what the foley uh, sounded 19- like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: But I mean I, I so I I'm correct me if I'm wrong. I'm assuming what they're showing us there is the baby's growing, right? The baby is continually right, yeah. growing like incredibly fast. Okay. Fast, but that's the yeah, one yeah. time we see it. That's the one time we see <laughs> we it don't on screen. See it again. Yeah. And I mean, I guess good because it was a bad effect, but like, damn, don't do just just don't do it. Show just the baby small. Do then cut back. Yeah, show the baby small, cut back and the baby's bigger. Be like, oh my God, he's growing. How is he growing? And cut back it again and it's a bigger baby. And then you don't have to show the special effect at all. If you don't have the budget for the special effect, don't spend the money don't on the special effect.
1: Half-ass then. It. Yeah. That was real that was really silly. It was just silly. That's all.
0: So but we see him we see him do this flex thing this this like face change thing and Rowan freaks the fuck out almost drops the baby throws it at Suzanne and she runs away. Yes, but then immediately
1: that baby
0: <laughs> immediately though she's down the hallway The baby crawls after her, Cortland comes out of hiding to pick up the baby, and Rowan suddenly desperately needs that baby. Can't have anybody else touch it. What is the change there? Spalding in the after show goes, oh, she sees someone's going to take this power, and it might as well be her. She can't resist it. But again, none of that is in the fucking show, Spaulding. If no, that's the way that no. this character, if this character is is power hungry, if that's what this Rowan is, which by the way, that's not exactly her deal in the books, but okay, that's no, the motivation you want not. to build, then show it. Don't tell yeah. me about it afterwards. Put it in your fucking characters.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and it was... Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that was... Yeah. No, now we all have, we've got three different people that want this baby, and I don't really think any of them want this baby.
0: (laughs) I know, right? So so this scene, by the way, they tell us that Lasher has cured Cortland. He's no longer got ALS, apparently, there. But then immediately, Rowan freezes him into a statue?
1: What the fuck was that? What in the (laughs) fucking, what in the Medusa shit happened there?
0: Well, (laughs) Ashley, you see lasher controls all of the elements and of course marble is one of the elements so
1: <laughs> well and yes and now rowan has all of lasher's powers which include marbling I, it's just like
0: none of this sense. yeah yeah everybody can medusa don't you know that all the taltos can medusa <laughs> um so So you mentioned it earlier here, the, they leave, they go outside and sip is suddenly there and sip lies to Rowan about the Talamasca guard. And it's just, again, it's like, why, like, this is the moment. And, and uh, again, Spalding talks about it in the after show. She says, I want to go down here because she, what the way she worded, it was so strange. She says, um, if the story has worked right, sip should feel completely deranged at this point. By the end of this, he's behaving like Carlotta, what? No, he's not in, in No what he's way? not. First of all, Carlotta says I should have killed you when you were a baby. That's how Carlotta right? acted in this show, right?
1: Is she, that is she... that the vibe we're supposed to get that he's that he wants Lasher to kill him? Because that's not the vibe I was getting. No.
0: No, and he doesn't, he doesn't seemingly want to kill Lasher either like he's not like we've got to smash that baby's head in real quick. He doesn't imply that he's not grasping at the for instance, like earlier in the series when when he takes the emerald away and and Rowan grabs at it. It's mine. Give it back to me. He doesn't do that with the baby here. He, he is acting strangely in that we don't understand what his motivations are currently, but he's not right. acting deranged. He's not acting unhinged. He's acting like Rowan's in a dangerous situation and he wants to talk her down from it. But, but again, like this is Spaulding fundamentally misunderstanding her own writing. Like, right. I, don't, I hope
1: what the, the audience this, is the
0: reason this show ends up like it is,
1: it's this is the reason me.
0: why this show is a mess. It's because they don't know what they're doing
1: well and and you shouldn't have to say i really hope that by this point the audience thinks or i really hope the audience feels no the audience is the audience does at this point because that's what you did if you did your fucking job but you didn't do your job and that's why you have to do these sad ass little after show apologies every week
0: just think about what Rollins said and by the way Rollin Jones is not perfect. He's no paragon. We talked specifically about his own stumblings in the episode that involved uh, 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 sexual assault and how he used that trope of like, oh, Claudia's stronger now because she's gone through this. That's some bullshit too. But Rollin even said in his own episode, Insider, he said, you put the story out there and then they're going to do with it what they will. That's what happens when you're a writer. You don't get to say, well, I'm hoping the audience is feeling. If you've done your job- they will be
1: (laughs) you're not gonna pass me a note right before i sit down and watch the show uh did you like it please 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 pick yes or no it's (laughs) uh
0: ashley i could not even really watch the final the very final scene because all i kept thinking about was that the baby was gonna hurt his poor little gums on that fucking necklace
1: Oh my God, what they he was all up in that necklace. That is very true. He was all up in that necklace. Poor little, poor little fella. I mean, I,
0: I guess they leave it in there because it's like, oh, this is Lasher and he's drawn to the emerald, you know? But like, first of all, it's a, it's a really fucking hard, like, metal. <laughs> what are you doing? That baby's going to hurt his mouth. It's a soft palate, man. Like, That's don't really do that.
1: bad. He's pretty fresh still, even though he's not as fresh as he was five um, minutes ago.
0: So I'm, I mentioned it earlier. We get, so the, let's go ahead and get to the episode insider because I do think there's some more interesting stuff in there. Mm. Spaulding is just in fine form in this one. She really is. She talks about Lasher's control of the elements. But where did this come from? I'm not wrong, right? This isn't in this isn't in the books. He's not. He no. can make the wind blow. Like well, and he that's makes, it.
1: Like when a witch dies, there's a storm. And but that's literally the peak of his powers. That's
0: all. That's everything yeah. that he can do. to manifest he needs a the little local wishes. storm. Like, yeah, exactly, man. It? But okay, okay. Let's say that this is what you wanted to do. You want to amplify this and give him the the power over the elements. But like, where did this come? Like, bring show it in the show at some point. Why don't? For instance, when Deidre dies, why not give us a real fucking storm instead of like one swinging tree by the window? You know, right? Like,
1: that actually sounds more like an attack on, on uh uh. On Cortland on Cortland then, then a mourning for Deirdre.
0: He's mad because Cortland was involved in the murder.
1: Yeah. 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 It's like he's retaliating.
0: So, uh, Spalding also said twice, she said this twice in the like three minute long episode insider. Now we should understand that this is happening inside her mind, talking about (laughs) Rowan and the scenes with Lasher specifically, but like friend, If you have to say it twice in a three minute thing about your episode i don't think you were very clear that this was all in her mind this is messy writing this is what editors are for this is what oversight is for like i don't know man i i don't i don't and then the thing about cyprian and and his unhinged behavior and i'm like what are you doing then she ends it she says uh we're uh the audience should be asking themselves will rowan use this power well who is asking themselves that at the end of this episode?
1: I'm like, nothing good's acts, about to happen, kids. Yeah. Nothing good's about to happen.
0: First of all, when in this entire season, we've watched Rowan for eight episodes now, when has she ever used any of her power well? Maybe yeah. you can make an argument for throwing Carlotta off the balcony?
1: <laughs> I mean, I did support that move 100%. And I also like, I mean, if you can if you could kill your piece of shit boss with your mind
0: okay all right let's give him that with the guy that peed in front of her okay fair (laughs) enough you're right okay so twice two deaths twice in eight episodes she used her power well but my point is there's not a great track record there all right no No one does not have good uh good judgment and lasher is not a good guy like that's clear in the show And for Spalding to feel like we're left on a hanging point where we're like, ooh, what's going to happen? How is it? No, bad things are going to happen, friend. That's like the Antichrist has come effectively is the way that you're playing in this in the show. He's he's Damien,
1: right? The crows follow him. I mean, literally the fucking poetry you used in the title of the show, you know, like, come on now. That's like... (laughs) Yeah, no, nothing good's about to happen and you never set it up that way. You never set up any of these characters having good judgment when it comes to Lasher or when it comes to using these powers. It, It literally, it's like they're all bumbling messes.
0: Uh, So one note, I'm gonna because trust me, I have hammered this creative team quite hard. I'm gonna give them a little bit of grace here because I I had this problem myself. I've seen lots of people in the group talk about it. Uh, The witching hour. When is the witching hour? In the show, they very specifically talk about midnight as being the witching hour. I saw a lot of folks talking about God. They're so stupid. It's three a.m. Traditionally. Yes, three, three to four is the witching hour. That's what most people think of as the witching hour, the, the time when the veil between life and death is at its thinnest and spirits are most available for mortals to interact with. However, uh, first of all, in Hamlet, Hamlet refers to midnight as the witching time. Yes. And there is also sort of a general idea that any time after midnight, shortly after midnight is the witching hour. So it's it's kind of one of those specious things that sort of depends on where you're geographically from and what your mama and them used to say about it, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. maybe you can squint and say midnight's the witching hour. In I'm the book, it's that. very specifically three. In the book, it's very specifically three a.m. that she references. <laughs> like she has the baby at three a.m. She calls it the witching hour, but fine, whatever. Like we'll again, give you none of these people read the book, and that's clear now.
1: <laughs> it is very clear. I mean, I feel like. May, do you think that they listened to that? There's like a three hour version. <laughs> oh Jesus!
0: Ab- they listened to the abridged audiobook. Abridged
1: audiobook, and they were like, "That'll do." that'll
0: do (laughs) (laughs) um i I, so look we're gonna do a wrap-up episode we're honestly we're probably gonna take about a week off maybe maybe two let it sit a little bit we'll do a wrap-up episode and talk about some speculation moving forward into season two and where this show might go and i'd like to talk a little bit about what they might do with the spinoff uh for the mayfair history i i think they could write a tremendous amount of wrongs by giving us a genuine mayfair story told at a different time period you could you could back tie it into this and and the whole thing as an enterprise and connected universe can still continue to function but this story is messy and if you want to win back book readers you got to give us some genuine book stuff at some point somewhere
1: (laughs) yeah yeah no I totally agree especially because I think that that's one of the most I mean we've said it time and time again that's literally one of the most vibrant exciting parts of the of the read of the witching hour um I I do have a little I do have a little more confidence after this episode though that I feel like maybe going forward into into the books two and three that we might get a little bit more a little bit more true to the story. I don't know. Maybe I'm dumb. Maybe I'm being overly hopeful. Maybe I'm just a girl standing in front of a really bad show hoping it's going to get better.
0: <laughs> well, I'm uh, very realistically, it almost couldn't get worse. It it would it would be hard for them to make a worse adaptation or a less satisfying overall TV series. So I I do have hopes. I said it in the Facebook group, AMC's put a lot of money into this, not this show, this entire enterprise. The immortal universe is a big, big bet for them. And they're not retreating on it. We know that there's a second season for this show. There's a second season for IWTV. There's going to be other spinoffs. Mark uh, Johnson says he wants five shows at one time in this universe. That's what he's working up towards. So folks, we're gonna get more. I have high hopes that they will listen to some of the critiques and they will look at some of the things that they did wrong and they will progress into a better direction as they go. I really do have hopes for that. And I, I, well, and I think that's not, I think that's not all false, uh, you know, uh, bluster and, and grace for them.
1: Yeah, no, that's not just us blowing sunshine up our own asses. You know, we, we, we have, we can have good hopes for, for what's next. We absolutely can. And, and the other thing is, is that we it's of this world so we're going to watch it and we're going to regardless we're going to find some sort of enjoyment in it because we get to play and hang out in this world that we love so much and so you know it's like it's like star wars to me like there's no bad star wars it's just listen we get more star they could do
0: a sp- Yes, exactly. They could do a spinoff about that tour guide from episode one that wanders into the hotel. And, and it, it, this is it's just her life wandering around New Orleans telling stories about ghosts and vampires. I'd watch that shit. I'd watch that shit, too. I'd watch that shit, too. I'm, I'm absolutely talk about in for all it. of it.
1: Um, we'd watch that shit and talk about it. We <laughs> absolutely, we will.
0: Absolutely, we will. Uh, a couple of things I want to mention from the Facebook group or otherwise. Uh, Joe Lee said in our uh, spoiler thread about this episode edited in microsoft paint this episode's special effects reach an all-time low (laughs) the fire the fire in the shed out in the woods at the beginning was particularly bad that fireball from lasher was just the worst um My wife, meanwhile, in the Facebook group, you had posted earlier this week, Ashley, that uh, Blood (laughs) Communion, one of the later uh, Prince Lestat novels, was on sale uh, on Kindle, I think. And my wife comes in and comments on it. She says, what in the F is Blood Communion? These evangelicals are going too far. (laughs) Then I realized, ah, vampires, of course. It's my husband's fan group. Yeah. I was very confused, Ashley. Uh, I love Kelly. this. I love this so much. You, li- I cannot tell you how many times I'll start saying a thing, she's giving me a blank stare, and then suddenly she goes, "Ah, vampires! Yes, vampires. okay. Right. <laughs> I thought we were talking about real people. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm on board now. We're we're all okay.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, um, yes. Hey, folks.
0: I, here's something cool. Here's something cool that has started since the last episode. We have a uh, YouTube account, a YouTube channel. There will be a link to that in the show notes, but you can find us The Articulate Coven on YouTube. And I am ever so slowly, uh, the software that I'm using to make these videos is, um, it's hanging up on some of the longer ones for some reason, but I am making a, a video version of each episode that is going up there in case you prefer to interact with your content on YouTube. and. Uh, we are also creating full transcripts for every episode,
1: Hell yes, and those for are accessibility. being placed not only.
0: Right, right. I'm super excited about this. Those are being placed not only on the YouTube versions, but also in the RSS feed, and this is true currently for all the episodes up to the finale of Interview with the Vampire, our episode about uh, episode seven of season one of Interview with the Vampire. Uh, We are officially shooketh. That's the last one that's up. But all the episodes (laughs) from there back to the very beginning have a full transcript now. So in the RSS feed, whatever podcast app you want to use, you can go there and you can access a transcript of the show in case uh, you are hard of hearing or you'd like to interact with the content in text form rather than audio form, you're welcome to do so. I will say those are automated transcripts, so they're not perfect, but I guarantee you'll be able to get the gist, and if you are already familiar with the books or the shows, then uh, you should be able to to read through them um, at a at a good clip and and make uh, excellent sense of them all. Generally, it's like proper names and uh, group names like the Talamasca and things like that that they occasionally <laughs> screw up on. I, I did notice in particular, Articulate Coven is often transcribed as Articulate Cove. So there you go. Watch out for that. Um, it's like a really good street so- to live on yeah right articulate (laughs) cove exactly exactly um but i'm excited to do that and and i'm I'm gonna try to have that very very soon where we'll be all caught up and then from from then on moving forward every new episode will go up in video form and it'll go up in transcript form as soon as we put them out so uh give me a few more episodes to get caught up with that but um but that's coming soon for us um and then yeah like we mentioned uh, ashley you and i'll do we'll do a recap of this season in a week or two uh when we have some time to sort of uh mellow on it a little bit and speculate about what we think might be coming next and then our next uh novel discussion will be the vampire armand you and i have already started to read that one yes and uh we'll be back with that one before you know it so it's uh, a quick folks, read too we've got lots of other stuff coming it I really forgot. I'm surprised. It's like a 15 16 hour novel, but it really does have a, a quick pace to it. I'm already about 3 hours in uh, personally and it's it's moving along at a nice clip. I I'm also Armand is such an interesting character Um, he's not one of my favorites Uh, you know I would say he's probably not even in my top five of the Vampire Chronicles characters but he is a very compelling character and he's one that Anne has things to say through the voice of so um, this is an interesting novel I'm glad we're revisiting it especially because of the effect that Armand is going to have on season two two, of the interview series big deal Big, big,
1: big big reveal
0: that's right. That's right. Um, so stay tuned for all that stuff. It's going to be right here on the feed, even though Mayfair Witches has wrapped up and we're in a little bit of an off season, we'll have more content coming for you ASAP. Uh, anything else, Ashley, to add? When? What about your, uh, your new show? Are we close to the oh, launch of that?
1: We're getting there. We're getting there. Um, uh, we've gotten, uh, the current case we're really, we're looking at right now has just been a little bit of a longer ride than we expected, um, so we uh, we're hoping to release our first episodes in February, but it's looking like we'll probably launch in um, in March actually. So, but I'm it's it's really been eye opening on so many levels, Joel. Man, to really dig into uh, cases that have been kind of uh, uh, under just not looked at in the way that they should be, and 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 and. For families that have questions about things that that have not been quite resolved in the way that they should be it's just it's been this has been a really interesting experience and i'm really happy to be happy to be on board for it but that podcast is going to be called unsolved arkansas and um, we're going to be we've got a facebook page up and running um and we're going to be looking at unsolved cases cold cases missing persons um uh you know things like questionable uh suicides things like that um just cases where you maybe families have some questions or or maybe the you know the the trail's gone cold and we just want to take a closer look at them so yeah i'm excited to be a part of it it's really really cool i'm working with people that are way smarter than me about this sort of stuff
0: (laughs) uh as the reason that i chose you for a a co-host that is absolutely (laughs) the way to do it ashley find somebody that's smarter than you to work with hell yes Um, so uh I'm super excited for that project, too. I'm super excited to listen to it myself, and we will drop an episode, the first episode on the feed here, so that you can get a sample of it, folks, and uh, make sure that you know that it's available. Go subscribe to it when it comes out. Thank All right, you. Ashley, until the next time that we talk to everybody, we have been the Articulate Coven. I am Joel.
1: I am Ashley.
0: And we are the Articulate Coven. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Articulate Coven. You can join our community on Facebook by following the links in the show notes or searching for Articulate Coven on Facebook. You can subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at ArticulateCoven.com and share us with your Anne Rice loving friends.